morning or good afternoon, and welcome to another HRO Today educational podcast. Today, we're going to talk about the vexing world of talent acquisition and particularly how economic forces are impacting your ability to get the talent that you need. I'm Elliot Clark, the CEO of HRO Today. We publish HRO Today Magazine, HRO Today EMEA, and HRO Today APAC, as well as hosts of the HRO Today forums and educational events held around the world and the managers of the HRO Today Association. Today, I've got a very special guest on the podcast, Yates Baker, who is the Vice President of Client Solutions at Seven Step. Yates is a longtime industry veteran. He leads global business development and solution design efforts for some of the world's largest companies. Seven Step, as you know, is a world leader and highly ranked participant in the HRA Baker's Dozen, as well as supplying total talent solutions products. Yates is a veteran of top-rated companies like Personify, worked at IBM in charge of solutions architecture, and at Kelly now at Seven Step. So he's got a long and distinguished career. Welcome to the podcast, Yates. Yeah, Leah. Thank you for having me. Look forward to the discussion. So very quickly, give me an overview you know, of Seven Step RPO, and then we're going to start talking about the labor markets and what's going on, wage inflation. But give us sort of a quick overview of Seven Step, if you would. Yeah, absolutely. And Elliot, I appreciate the introduction. As as you've stated, so uh, Vice President of Client Solutions. And what that really means in, internally for us is I look after our new client partnerships, as well as our marketing function. And really specifically, it's critical on the new client partnerships. So I'm often chatting with potential prospects, clients, et cetera, on a daily basis around what their wants and needs are as it relates to talent acquisition. And as you said, Seven Step, we're a global provider of talent solutions. Our core products are RPO, so recruit process outsourcing, as well as MSP solution for contingent labor. We also offer total talent solutions. We have a wealth of branding expertise, employment branding, and in addition, some proprietary talent acquisition technology. And again, we do operate on a global basis, but are based here in the US out of Boston, as well as Denver. Awesome. So I I know Seven Step works for some marquee manufacturing, financial service, and healthcare organizations, as well as technology sector clients. So you are literally, you know, in the vanguard of the war on talent, right? You're right up there at the front of the the battle line. So you know, there's no argument about a talent shortage. Everyone's talking about it of available employees, and this is across all sectors of the economy. You know, and also all skill levels: unskilled, semi-skilled, skilled labor. All under pressure. Now we know, and everyone's been recording BLS and, and other world governments. There's a drop in labor participation rates. We have a reduced supply. And we have all this demand as we're reopening the world economies in the post-pandemic recovery. So it does mean that wages should, you know, you have a more limited supply, you have a great demand, you know, they're going to bid up until we reach market equilibrium. So how serious do you think this wage inflation problem is? And do you think it's going to get worse before it gets better? What are you hearing from your recruiters on the front line? Yeah, it's, it's certainly an interesting topic. And the direct answer to the latter part of your question is I do think it will get worse before it gets better. I am somewhat of a realist, thus my answer. You know, I, I would love to sit here and say, hey, it's going to get great a month from now, but I don't think that's the case. And one of the reasons is there's just a wealth 
of factors, specifically toward wage inflation that we're dealing with now. Not only that, there's the complexity of the various types of needs within the talent acquisition industry. And you referenced it, but we have a number of clients and those clients span different sectors. So we work with many clients who are hiring skilled labor, but still hourly labor. We work with some clients that are hiring very high level professional roles. And, you know, candidly, some clients that have a mix of all of the above. And I think there's some uniqueness in each of those sectors within the market as it relates to, to wage inflation. But you know, the short answer is I do think it's going to get worse before it gets better. It's, it's interesting because in this past year, uh, and actually, if you look towards the middle part of the year, as I was looking at some of the data, we actually, we as a country received some of the highest increase in wages uh, that we have in the past 10 years. But what's interesting about that is if you look at real wages, so if you take into account inflation, the cost of goods, all of that sort of thing, in some cases, it's actually remaining stagnant, if you will, or from a real wages perspective, actually down from 2019. So not only are wages increasing, and that is a natural part of what's happening because there is a labor shortage, it's in high demand, organizations are having to pay more. But at the same time, due to some economic factors, cost of goods are rising, things like that. And so it, it creates a very challenging market for all of our clients. And of course, we're a talent solutions provider, right? We service those clients, we want to help them, and we want to solve talent acquisition challenges. So we are on the front lines, very specifically dealing with this on a day in, day out basis. So again, I'd love to say it's all going to solve itself within the next month. Unfortunately, <laughs> I think we have to prepare for this because it's going to get worse before it gets better. All right. And I'm sure that, that I speak on behalf of all world citizens. We have great faith that the governments of the world will get involved and prevent the market forces from shortening the cycle. All right. They'll find a way to mess things up. All right. So we've got a shortage. We've got product inflation, which means, you know, actual real wages may be falling, even though the cost of labor is rising. This is going to get worse before it gets better. And I do think you're, you're right about that. So we're in the teeth of this thing. Right, we're in a wage inflation cycle, and and you know we've experienced this in the economy before. What are the things that Seven Steps RPO Solutions team, which you know reports to you, what are the things that an employer can do? What are the things you're doing with these employers in order to select the proper recruiting channels, reinforce their employment branding to get some some sort of brand preference out there, and other strategies to be as competitive as possible given the current circumstance. Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. So I think we have to look at a few different things when answering that question. There are some factors that are driving our solutions and what we do for our clients that have existed even pre-pandemic. As an example of one of those factors, the workforce in our country now, as it continues, you know, it was all the rage a few years ago to talk about millennials in the workforce, and then it's the next generation and the next generation. And those are natural things. What is also natural is that each age group, if you will, is going to have different things than those that were prior to them in terms of what they look for in an employer. So one of these factors that I think existed prior to the pandemic is folks wanting to work for an organization, not just because of a salary, not just to say they have a job, but work for an organization that is, is vested in their specific interest, their personal growth uh, as an individual, as an employee, but also organizations that have a very strong and respected employer brand. And some things that go into that employer brand are, what is our true north? What are we looking to do as a company? Are we benefiting the world? Are we offering solutions out there to the marketplace that truly are a benefit and a betterment to the society in which we live. And it's kind of an interesting thing because that was not as much of a driving factor many years ago. It has become such. But again, 
that sort of thing existed prior to the pandemic. So there's drivers like that that have always been there, or at least for the past few years, for sure. But then you've also got post-pandemic drivers, which are obviously right now what's on the top of all of our mind. Labor shortage, and you can read a number of articles on this, we are experiencing a labor shortage. And I think people can point to a number of different answers. And the reality is it's a combination of a few things. You know, people will talk about federal benefits, and certainly that's a factor, but it is not the only factor. Some of the biggest, in my opinion, are just people's changing preferences after the year and a half to two years we've gone through since the start of 2020. People and individual employees are reevaluating their life. They're reevaluating what's important to them. And candidly, many are reevaluating things like, can I even go into an office anymore? Am I comfortable with going into an office, right? Have I enjoyed this time with my family and do I want to spend more time with them? So in turn, do I need to look for a more flexible job? So the point is, you've got a number of factors driving the market we are in now. Some of those existed prior to the pandemic. Many of them that we're facing now are post-pandemic factors. But nonetheless, we've got to address all of them. So the first thing we do with clients is, is number one, let's level set on what are those driving factors that are causing the market we're in now. And I think once we have an understanding of that, we set out to partner with our clients and create solutions that can help address some of those things. You know, there's there's always the, and, and while it is not an easy discussion, it is a fairly simplistic point. And it's back to your first question around wage inflation. We absolutely always have to work with our clients and, and look at them and, and look at uh, salary bands levels and compare that with the market. That's one of the things we do really well. We span multiple sectors. We've been in this business for a long time, and we have a wealth of market data that we share with our clients to make sure we are at least at market or above to attract the talent we need to. And, and again, that's a tough problem, but it's a simplistic point in terms of wages, right? It's not the only point, and it's not even the most important. I think the other thing is addressing this need in the market now for most candidates that have reevaluated their life, reevaluated their careers, among other things across the past year and a half to two. How are we addressing that? How are we talking about flexible working, even in something as simple as our job descriptions? And again, some of this gets very tactical and it seems simplistic, but we have to address it. So how are those job descriptions written? How are we attracting candidates? What are they reading when they come to our career site? So not only is that job descriptions, it's your employer brand and getting across what you will offer to employees to entice them to come. We're, we're not at a time anymore where it's as simple as saying, hey, I've got a job and I'll pay you. You know, at some times in history, it, it candidly could have been that simple. It is not that way now. You have to address your employer brand. You have to address what you're offering to candidates. Wages have to be in place and intact. And then on the recruiter side for our business, um, because we do have folks working day in, day out with candidates, recruiters, sourcers, coordinators that are working to schedule those candidates, et cetera, we have to come up with creative solutions to make things easier for the candidate. Again, Elliot, it's interesting because this is a topic we in the talent acquisition industry have been talking about for many, many years. But in a market like this, where candidly people have options more than they ever have, we can no longer have processes that limit that applicant or that candidate throughout the process. As an example, you know, a professional level candidate, which for many of our clients, we recruit professional roles, whether it's general and administrative, mm -hmm. whether it's marketing focused, sales focused, tech focused, you name it, they have options today. And if they come to our client's career website and have to do the same old standard, hey, upload your resume. And then by the way, 
reiterate every single thing you just listed in your resume again and spend the next 45 minutes of your life filling out a form. No offense, but that can't cut it anymore. So I guess in summation, Elliot, it's, it's an interesting market. We're doing a lot of different things. Some of them very tactical, reevaluating job descriptions, working on employment brand, attracting that talent, reevaluating process, looking at wages, et cetera. And then some of it, again, we try to work with our clients on what are the outcomes you want to achieve across the next two, three, four years? And let's put that plan in place to make it happen. Now, you, you make a number of very good points. You know, one being that, you know, a lot of companies do invest in their corporate responsibility missions and they do a good job telling investors, telling, you know, Wall Street, telling their employees who may be involved with it on a volunteerism basis, et cetera. And sometimes do a really lousy job telling candidates. So that, that's a place where you can up the game. I also think the last point you made about the process of applying for a job should not be like donating a kidney, okay? It gets really kind of crazy when you think about all the information that you try to capture for, from a candidate at the start of the interviewing process that is not pertinent to whether or not they're going to get an interview. The, all these things that you've got to fill out on form after form after form can be done throughout the process. Early on, you just need to know, are they somebody who can do X, Y, or Z, depending on the job description. Employers need to really, it sounds like, you know, what you're saying is they need to think about all these things simultaneously, about burnishing the brand, making sure that their social responsibility mission is part of the story, and that they really think through their policy about remote work and what they are or are not willing to negotiate. And lastly, they got to make sure that their labor rates are competitive. Absolutely. Everyone's a victim of inflation because the prices go up for everyone simultaneously, but there's no victory in resisting the tide, right? It's just, you know, you just wind up with the jobs not filled. There's no Nobel Prize for holding the line against, you know, wage increases. So I don't understand <laughs> I, I, I don't understand why some employers aren't grasping that up front, but it sounds like you've given them a pretty healthy checklist of things that they should think about. And I think you made some, some dynamite points here. And, uh, you know, by and large, just one final quick question for you. Is, do, do you find that the employers that you're working with, and I know they're pretty large, very sophisticated companies, are they just at a point where they're bewildered after everything that's going on in the last two years? Or are they really sort of getting it and reacting? you know, strongly and positively in sort of getting their arms around the, the coming storm? Or are they still sort of resisting the change? Because I've heard from some people that employers are not reacting well to wage inflation and, and not taking steps necessary. So what's your overall take on that? I think it's a little bit of both. So in my experience, everybody at some point across the last, I'm just going to say roughly two years, because we're, we're closing in on the end of 2021 here, believe it or not, and it doesn't feel that way, but Lord, we are, right? <laughs> so uh, across the past two years, I think everybody has had at least one moment, if not hundreds of moments where they feel like a deer in headlights, candidly, just, man, what is going on and what do I do? That said, we, we have, and, and I couldn't be prouder of our partnerships because the clients that we work with, many of them, and, and certainly most of them, have embraced the change and embraced the partnerships to go and act the change that needs to happen so that they, in turn, can get the labor they need to execute on their plans across the next few years. So it has been positive, but not without the, what I call, deer in headlights moments. And I think you, you mentioned something too that's important because this is really a conversation I'm having a lot with prospects and clients. It's this concept of asking the question, why? 
And, and I'll give you two examples on that. Those that are slow to, for example, adopt remote working ability, adopt flexible schedules, allowing adults that work a job, that have a job to do, allowing them to get that job done in a way, in a manner that works for the changing schedules we've dealt with across the past two years. Those organizations that are not open to that, I think the question becomes why? Why are you not? What are you trying to achieve? And why do you think you can only achieve it this one way? And, and in my experience, once you really start having some of those somewhat introspective discussions internally within those organizations and just keep saying, why? Why do we have to do that? Instead of thinking of a new way to do it, right? The organizations that can have those conversations effectively will succeed in this market. I, I think the process is another example of that. And it's, it's funny you mentioned this because this was a conversation quite literally I was having this morning where we have a, a large multinational client we're working with who has a process that is dated. And that is, you know, that, that's a nice term. And luckily we have some great partners there. And at one point we were discussing about their application process, which is a historical application process that you and I have just touched on. And uh, the comment came up, well, we have to have this. It's for compliance. And don't get me wrong, Elliot. You and I have been in this industry a while. Compliance is absolutely a critical factor of anything we do in the, the larger HR industry and especially talent acquisition. But I also find that many organizations, especially large multinational organizations that are steeped in historical processes, often use this, well, it's compliance. We have to do it that way as a crutch, as a reason why we can't change things. And the example you gave of, is it really compliance? Because let's ask ourselves why. Let's look at the actual regulations from OFCCP or any other governing bodies that actually do regulate some of what we do and make sure we're getting this information. But guess what? We can actually make this easier on the candidate and still remain in compliance. So ultimately, I think it's a little bit of both to your question. Everybody's had those deer in headlights moments, but those that are going to succeed are, are able to really embrace change. And again, keep asking this question, why do we have to do it that way? Can we innovate? Can we change? And I think if people can do that, we'll come out of this for sure. All right. All great points. Uh, you know, I want to thank you for uh, your time. And, you know, I, I think you've given a lot of really important facts to our audience to listen to and to think about and to get on. You know, to, to be competitive, you got to be good at a lot of different things. you got to be good at them all at once. I want to thank Yates Baker, who's the Vice President of Client Solutions for 7-Step RPO. And as I said, 7-Step's leading provider of RPO, MSP, and Total Workforce Solutions. Yates, thank you. And I want to thank our listeners out there in HRO Today land for your time and attention. And we look forward to you joining us on our next HRO Today educational podcast. Absolutely. Thanks, Elliot. Really appreciate you and HRO Today having me. Look forward to continued discussions. Mm-hmm.